the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to hour number two, Bruce Hooley Show. Glad to have you along. By the way, I need to thank you, and I do so belatedly. I apologize for not thanking you at the outset of the program. Yesterday, we took the entire program to advocate for you to support adultteenchallengeohio.org. Our contributions for the day um, were approaching $4,000, which was uh, exceedingly generous on your part and uh, very much appreciated. Um, I talked with Pastor Linda of Adult Teen Challenge Ohio yesterday um, about the way you responded, and she was just so deeply touched. And uh, you have the opportunity still to give uh, to them, adultteenchallengeohio.org. Uh, we will uh, give you updates on how to do that on our website. I assume there's a banner where you can donate for the rest of uh, at least the week, maybe the month. But thank you so much uh, to those of you who donated, and any amount is deeply, deeply, deeply appreciated. I've said before the difference between the generation that I'm now raising my children in and the generation that I was raised in is a difference in perspective. Uh, My parents were children of the Depression. They were children of the World War II era. And the people in that generation, America's greatest generation, dubbed by Tom Brokaw, shockingly liberal, got it right, They existed with an attitude of thankfulness and service. The amount that they were deprived and the amount that they suffered and the amount that they struggled during uh, the Depression as children impacted them greatly for the rest of their lives. My father talked about what life was like in the Depression a lot. And I could tell that it shaped him. I didn't really understand that until I got older and became a father myself. But it clearly shaped my father. And then World War II, when the freedom in America was definitely, definitely under siege. And the sacrifice of life and all manner of comfort was shared by everyone. Not just the people who went and fought in the European theater, but you agreed to have rubber rationed and milk rationed and sugar rationed and everything. And people, basically everything in America stopped to marshal forces to win the war because it was that consequential of a battle. That was a generation that prized gratitude and service. We are now in a generation that prizes envy and comparison. Envy and comparison. CRT, diversity, equity, and inclusion, the LGBTQ agenda, everything is about comparison and envy. If you have it, you should give it to me. I deserve it because you have it and you don't deserve it. I'm not going to work for it. I'm not going to strive for it. I'm certainly not going to sacrifice anything for it. Just give it to me. So when I sat down today to listen to Sarah Huckabee Sanders' speech, um, countering the lies that Joe Biden told during 
his State of the Union address. She made a ton of great points, and I may play some of the rest of the sound from it. But really what Sarah Huckabee Sanders did was clearly demonstrate from her time as press secretary under Donald Trump that there remains in our country today a group of people, conservative Republicans, who still understand that America's greatness hinges on whether we can get back to a collective mindset of gratitude and service. And while you reap the consequences of their failures. All right, that's the wrong clip. Here we go. This is Sarah Huckabee Sanders telling the story at the end of her speech last night that that brought me to tears in a good way because it convinced me that there are still many people out there who love the country for the same reason that I do. And that gives me hope that we can turn things around from where they are right now. Here she is telling that story. During my two and a half years at the White House, I traveled on every foreign trip with the president. A trip I will never forget was on December 25th of 2018. My husband Brian and I had just cleaned up wrapping paper that was shoved into every corner of our house, thanks to our three kids. When I had to walk out on my own family's Christmas, unable to tell them where I was going that night, because the place I'd be traveling was so dangerous, they didn't want anybody to know that the president was going to be on the ground, even for a few hours. We boarded Air Force One in complete and total darkness. There were no lights on the plane, no lights on the runway. Our phones and computers shut down and turned in. We were going completely off the grid. Nearly 12 hours later, in the pitch black of night, we landed in the war-torn part of Western Iraq. It was again a similar scene. No lights on the plane, no lights on the runway. The only thing you could see was coming from about a mile away in a dining hall where hundreds of troops who were in the fight against ISIS had gathered expecting to celebrate Christmas with senior military leadership from around the region. They had absolutely no idea that the president and first lady were about to walk into that room. And when they did, it was a sight and a scene and a sound. I hope I never forget. The room erupted. Men and women from every race, religion, and region, every political party, every demographic you can imagine started chanting in perfect unison over and over and over again, USA, USA, USA. It was an absolutely perfect picture of what makes our country great. One of the young soldiers yelled from the back, Mr. President, I re-enlisted in the military because of you. And the president said, and son, I'm here because of you. Shortly after that young soldier came up to me, he said, Sarah, you have a tough job. I told him what I do is nothing. You take bombs and bullets. That's a tough job. 
and in a moment that I know I'll cherish for the rest of my life. That soldier reached up and he pulled the brave rifle's patch he wore on his shoulder and he placed it into my hand, a sign of ultimate respect. And he said, Sarah, we are in this together. Overwhelmed with emotion and speechless, I just hugged him with tears in my eyes and a grateful heart for our heroes who keep us free. That young man and everyone who has served before him, all of those who serve alongside him, and the thousands we know who will be called upon to serve after him, deserve to know they have a country and a community back home doing our part in the fight for freedom. America is great because we are free. But today, our freedom is under attack, and the America we love is in danger. President Biden and the Democrats have failed you, and it's time for a change. A new generation of Republican leaders are stepping up, not to be caretakers of the status quo, but to be change makers for the American people. We know not what the future holds, but we know who holds the future in his hands. And with God as our witness, we will show the world that America is still the place where freedom reigns and liberty will never die. Thank you. God bless you. And God bless America. So that's Sarah Huckabee Sanders last night in the rebuttal to the State of the Union. And the reason why that moved me so much is because it demonstrated, number one, how great it was to have a president who loved our country enough to go to the lengths Donald Trump went on Christmas 2018 to fly 12 hours into a place where, had the enemy known he was coming, they would have done everything they could to to kill him. He and his wife both went. I contrast that to Joe Biden, who routinely walks off a helicopter down the stairs as two military service members stand at the bottom saluting, and he does not return the salute. He does not acknowledge their presence. I think about the response of those soldiers chanting, USA, 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 at the very sight of their president. And Sarah Huckabee Sanders said that that gave her an absolutely perfect picture of what makes our country great. What is that picture? Shared love for our country, what it stands for, what is possible as an American citizen, and the incumbency upon each of us to defend in whatever way we are asked to defend it, what makes America great. Standing up for truth at a school board meeting, talking about it on the radio, pushing back against a friend who utters nonsense, we all have a role to play. So they're having the big hearing in Washington right now with the former Twitter executives, and I listened to one of them talking about the suppression of the Hunter Biden laptop story. She remembers it a little differently than I do. Uh, She says that the very next day, Twitter allowed the story to be circulated, yet they continued to ban the New York Post, which 
publish the story from retweeting the story or sharing the story because the New York Post was blocked on Twitter for the better part of, what, 10 days, two weeks? And she said, well, if they had retracted their original tweet, then we would have allowed them to start tweeting again and retweet the original story. Huh? (laughs) Of course you establish this impossible array of hoops over which they have to jump, knowing that they will not jump over them, and then you say, well, you mean you didn't figure out that if you retracted the story, you could then retweet the same story? No, because a logical human brain would tell you that if you're not going to allow us to tweet because we had that story on our Twitter, you're not going to allow us to retweet it. It'll be interesting to see what Jim Jordan and James Comer and others on the Oversight Committee make of these former Twitter executives. That's delicious that they're former executives because Elon Musk fired them. Now back to Sarah Huckabee Standard, uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders' story about accompanying Donald Trump to Iraq on Christmas Day, 2018. Said it was a 12-hour flight, and I contrast it to Joe Biden, who won't even salute military people at the bottom of the steps of the helicopter when he flies to Delaware for his weekly vacation. And President Trump walked in the room in. Iraq and the soldiers all broke out in these throaty resp- shouts of USA, USA, USA. And she said it's the absolute perfect picture of what makes our country great. Yes, when you love your country, you will defend your country. And that doesn't just mean you pick up a rifle and you march in regimented fashion. It means that you defend your country in your community in your conversations with other people who want to run it down, to people who are under the impression that our country is a horrible, awful, terrible, very bad place. Do we not have millions of people from other countries trying to get into our country illegally at great personal peril, walking across rivers, traversing deserts, dealing with gangs, human trafficking. Are they doing that because they want to come here because we're the only country where a man can chest feed a child? Is that their motivation? Are they coming here because I'm gay and I want to marry another gay person? I don't think so. Are they coming here with their money from where they've come safely ensconced in a bank account that will then enable them, once they cross the border, to buy a mansion or a nice home with a picket fence in a neighborhood and set up shop without any personal financial sacrifice. Uh Uh-uh. They are coming here penniless at great personal peril Why? Because they deem starting over in a country where they don't even speak the language and know relatively no one is deemed by them with no one telling them and convincing them and lying to them. 
it is deemed by them as their best chance to better their life. Now, why? Why would they think that? Why would they think they could come to this terrible, racist place where privileged moms driving BMWs in Upper Arlington will get up in front of a school board meeting and talk about a DEI officer caught on tape telling the truth only because he doesn't know he's being filmed as an attack on the country. Meanwhile, let me go get my nails done and my hair highlighted. I mean, the idiocy of someone who is trapped in a life of privilege in this country and relative to people from Honduras and Mexico, even the poorest American is doing pretty well. The reason why people come here at great personal peril is because they know even if the president of the United States and his moronic acolytes in government refuse to acknowledge it, they know that this country is vastly superior to every other country in the world. Why? Because this is a country, give them time, they haven't yet, but they certainly will try to get rid of it. This is a country where the Democrats have not yet been able to eradicate freedom and liberty from the normal course of an American citizen's day. They'd love to take your freedom of speech away. They'd love to take your freedom of assembly away. They'd love to take your freedom to bear arms away. And if you don't believe me, listen to this fool, Maxwell Frost, a Florida congressman. How did this guy fall through the cracks of Republican dominance under Ron DeSantis and get elected to Congress? Talking with the equally stupid Joy Reid of MSNBC about DeSantis enacting in Florida, the free state of Florida, the chance to carry a weapon as granted by the Second Amendment without having to jump through any hoops and get a license. The state where both of you live is now thinking about going permitless carry, essentially expanding uh, the people's ability to carry a firearm without even training, uh, with with, with very little in the way of a a background check. What, What is happening? Well, what we're seeing in Florida is scary, and I'm blunt about it. It's fascism. Carrying a weapon without government approval, everyone having access to a weapon, is fascism, according to this idiot. No, only the government having weapons is fascism. Hello? Do not believe people who tell you what fascism is when the opposite of what they tell you has been proven by world history to actually be fascism. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.